October moon. The artificial and the sane. How can a reflective surface give off so much light? The wetness of the night. Crisp, clear, brilliant, and more alluring than the photon collider shooting its load all over you. My light is pleasing to behold, the other like a pot of molten gold, the church saturated with brightness as if to shout, I matter. I still exist. I am your bulwark against the chaos of the night. You didn't use to fear the moon, this close to Samhain. You used to honor me, the dead moon, the mulch moon, the rot moon, the even so I'm bright moon. You honor me now, so do it properly. Go out from the light. Let me guide you through the darkness. See, that's better. Now allow me to enter. The moon is closer to humanity. The light you have inside reflecting divine sun but you have come to deny it, creating suns of your own making, illuminating your world, refusing the dark, hurting, harming your eyes. This is the light your eyes are meant to see. Looking at the sun makes you blind and you have turned your world into a labyrinth of suns, stealing your sight. I am the dead moon. Reminding you that I am the closest thing to the divine spark within, found inside decaying matter. My light is healing. The sun's is too much. You need more moonlight in your lives. How do you create moons and not suns in your society? How do you diffuse, not infuse, it with healing light? By embracing the night and leaving the garishly lit church behind. This is how you can receive the pure light of divinity through me, reflected. A reflection of the full moon of your soul, reflecting the divine spirit of everyone. Silver suffusion. Why silver can kill werewolves. Why the silver of the moon can transmute our purely bestial nature. Remembering the God in man. Not gods walking on the earth harnessing the sun. That is madness. They are sun-addled while you are a lunatic. The artificial and the sane through the moon. We know ourselves, we see ourselves, 
not a distorted image, streaks of dissolved grandeur glowing with false promise in the outskirts of our vision. You turn everything up so bright you forget to see. The smallest details lost in light come, violating all your pores, smearing your eyes with knotfulness. No wonder you are blind. You have eyes but forget to see. The artificial and the sane. The moon does not turn you into a werewolf when you leave the glaring light of the church. The moon sets you free. The moon is thee. If this be a wolf, tis not slayed by silver. It is of moon silver born. The moon does not force a skin upon you. It lets you shed the one you're forced to wear. A civilization of were-use, blinded to their own existence in a sun-crazed civilization. I am Luna. I am Lucifer, the bringer of the true light, that which casts no shadow. Yet shadows still there are. Turn back into yourself the lunatic, the reflecting disk of now. Welcome to In the Borderlands, a podcast about creativity, mythology and magic. We are your eternal hosts, Mikael Öberg from Sweden and Torgrim Melumstene from Norway. And this is Lunisolar Mind, our podcast within the podcast, taking a close look at each full moon. And we are now going to talk about Slaughter Moon. Mm. Mm. October Moon. October Moon is Slaughter Moon. And tell me, Torgrim, what what did we just hear? Well, I mean, you can't make me responsible for it. I was just... <laughs> I was just channeling, <laughs> yes, more or yes, less. Yes, <laughs> but uh, it but uh, felt, it felt like a story almost. Or well, there's a church close to where I live, and it's it's constantly lit. It's awash in 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 light beams, mm, <laughs> lampposts mm. all around it. But it's quite it's quite like uh, there's a small forest, not like a forest, but like a glen or like a small like a copse of trees around it, and it's there uh, in in the center of it, and like really very well lit. So I walked over to that space and sat down on a bench next to the to the church and looking up at the moon through the trees, noticing the contrast between this, uh, yeah, <laughs> what what I was was described as light come, <laughs> basically, because <laughs> uh, it's garish light uh, uh, of the church and the light of the moon, mm. and and this October moon, this almost yeah, this <laughs> moon. Uh, which was closer to Halloween than it is to this this year. Yeah, uh, started uh, really speaking with that kind of intense voice, and I was drawn into this kind of this Halloween salmon mood. Mm. And it was very um, insistent and uh, quite direct in its in its speech. At one point, it says, "Leave the church behind," or something. Like that. You can't. You have. You have to. You can't sit there. Yeah. If you if you want to hear what I have to say, so I have to walk into the that that copse of trees. And with with my back to the church and just sit in the in the on the forest floor there. 
Mm. Uh, and receive the rest. Uh, receive the rest, and I couldn't see what I was writing at all. Mm. I, I could. I, I sat down there to be able to see what I was writing because there was light, and then <laughs> the moon said, "Ah, ah, ah! <laughs> this, is, this is not what I'm about." <laughs> I found it fascinating. It had this kind of energy, and it's of course using terminology that has been in the Christian mythology termed as <laughs> it really it really reeks of evil in the sense of <laughs> name dropping Lucifer and werewolves yeah yeah but uh, but uh, it felt like it was very insistent in trying to to kind of upend that idea not only in the fact that oh yeah Christianity upended these things what Robert Graves calls iconotropy where you have an icon and the and, and a new religious shift comes and then that icon changes completely yeah. becomes the positive becomes a negative mm. which of course happened during christianity that's a well-known fact but it it felt like it tr- tried to communicate something more than that as well because the garish light of the church symbolized not only the light of the church but also the, the garish light of rationality mm. and how we have just made everything into sons and uh kind of made a religion of of being masters of some but, but in a way going blind in the process I, i'm still fascinated listening back to it because it's like you know it just, <laughs> just ran through me yeah <laughs> in that in the moonlight basically yeah yeah it was an interesting part with not being forced about the werewolf yeah. something not being forced upon you but rather something that you're shedding your skin Shed, shedding a skin that you're forced to wear yeah, yeah. by this by this uh, sun adult civilization yeah <laughs> <laughs> a civilization of wear use it's interesting too this thing about you know wear basically meaning man so that's what it means werewolf man wolf or also related to this virility or the the vir, the, the power mm. I just i don't know what that has to do with anything i just thought about that as well mm. this meaning of the word wear vir, vir, word vir, weird <laughs> yeah mm. I, I find it fascinating to listen to it again because i feel like it has some uh, hidden depths even especially for me who just kind of wrote it down yeah yeah it felt like a story yeah um somehow yeah like a story of how do we get to this point in a way and uh, yeah and where, where are, we, are we now but also yeah, through a certain lens the lens of that slaughter moon yeah, yeah. which is a quite so here we have a different energy altogether we are far from from the the softness of the may moon now yes we are, we've gone past the autumn equinox mm. we're headed into darkness yeah so it's a very clear yeah portal into yeah. that space and i, I mean i say. guess uh, traditionally the the name slaughter moon must have to do with basically slaughtering livestock preparing for yeah. the winter and yeah, all of, of that very practical but it's but. interesting with the yeah 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 <laughs> and then and interesting with the with the werewolf there entering the scene um when i was out under the moon there were two things and one thing was something that we mentioned already in the first episode of Lunar Solar Mind. Mm. And that was this thing, that, like the phrase, regulator of solar power. Yeah. Because uh, we talked about it then, and I couldn't really remember. When when did that happen? Did I, did I read it? Did I? <laughs> but it was something that happened under this moon. And it's interesting because it's something that is mentioned in your poem there. Yeah, definitely. How, how the moon is closer to, to the divinity, because this is how... How we are, but we are trying to basically be the sun ourselves instead of, uh, and then you kind of, <laughs> you turn up the heat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> too much. Yeah, yeah. Mm. 
yeah and and also i just thought about i just liked the name slaughter moon when i read like these traditional names for this moon that really popped out and i was kind of reminded of two things i was reminded of my teenage years when i was uh, into horror films and then remembering the first time i read about shamanic initiation stories or visions they are gruesome it's about being torn limb from limb and there was something i was just thinking ah when i was a teenager i was fascinated by by the horror movies that were also a cult somehow that that mm. had to do with something bigger i wasn't a big fan of slasher films or stuff like that but it had to be you know supernatural and then years later when i started to read these shamanic initiation stories it was like oh hmm. there's a little remnant of <laughs> of that initiation uh, and 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 that terror that is actually part of being transformed yeah uh, and it's yeah. and it's but but it's just being told for kicks in in the horror genre mm. I, yeah i was reminded of that and i started to read up on some of those stories because they are quite fascinating and now i thought i'd read uh, three short uh, shamanic uh, initiation visions for all of you what a treat <laughs> <laughs> the first one i found uh, in a book called the shaman voyages of the soul trans ecstasy and healing from siberia to the amazon and uh, the story of a siberian shaman it goes like this i went in through an opening in a rock a naked man was sitting there fanning the fire with bellows above the fire hung an enormous cauldron as big as half the earth when he saw me the naked man brought out a pair of tongs the size of a tent and took hold of me he took my head and cut it off and then sliced my body into little pieces and put them in the cauldron there he boiled my body for 3 years then he placed me on an anvil and struck my head with a hammer and dipped it into ice cold water to temper it he took the big cauldron my body had been boiled in off the fire and poured its contents into another container now all my muscles had been separated from the bones the blacksmith said to me your marrow has turned into a river and inside the hut i really did see a river with my bones floating on it look there are your bones floating away said the blacksmith and started to pull them out of the water with his tongs when all my bones had been pulled out onto the shore the blacksmith put them together they became covered with flesh and my body took on its previous appearance the only thing that was still left unattached was my head it just looked like a bare skull the blacksmith covered my skull with flesh and joined it to my torso i took on my previous human form but before he let me go the blacksmith pulled out my eyes and put in new ones he pierced my ears with his iron finger and told me you will be able to hear and understand the speech of plants 
After this, I found myself on a mountain and soon woke up in my own tent. Hmm. Thinking about the horror genre, and uh, it's like it goes half the way. It only goes as far as the dismembering and, <laughs> and, and death, but there is no rebirth, at yeah. least not very often. It's like we don't want to go all the way. There, there's something interesting there mm. with the stories being cut off and dismembered in that way. There's like a piece missing. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, in the oldest pictorial representations in Stone Age, you know, Neolithic or even before that paintings, cave paintings is, is of men or be human beings basically pierced through with a spear, reminding you, of course, of Odin being pierced with a spear to Yggdrasil. Yeah, also, yeah. It, it seems like it's related to some form of shamanic initiation or this idea of being pierced by a spear mm. and uh, being kind of dismembered or or uh, maybe not on a physical level, but at least on a spiritual level to to kind of reach some kind of enlightenment or a, a next level of, yeah, and, and it can be quite hardcore, pierced yeah. by the world. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Be, to be taken apart and put back together again. And uh, it's, it's quite common also with... Uh, the shaman's body being filled with uh, quartz crystals or something like exactly, that. So you, exactly. you are not only being taken apart and put back together, but usually you've been put back together. Yeah, you're stronger. Mm. Of course, this also can sound a bit um, pretentious in a way and serious business, initiation, initiation, initiation. But I found another lovely story here <laughs> that I'm, I'm going to share with you all now. And... Uh, this one I found in another like classic uh, work on uh, shamanism. It's called Shamanism, Archaic Techniques of Ecstasy. And uh, this is just a small portion of a story, but it's a young man who wants to be initiated by the medicine man. The medicine man said to his nephew, Come here, lie down on this leaf. The youth lay down on it. The medicine man made himself a bamboo knife and cut off one of the young man's arms and placed it on the leaf. And he laughed at his nephew, and the youth laughed back. Then he cut off the other arm and placed it on the leaf beside the first, and they both laughed again. Then he cut off his leg from the thigh and laid it alongside the arms, and he laughed and the youth laughed too. Then he cut off the other leg and laid it beside the first, he laughed and saw that the nephew was still laughing. Lastly, he cut off the head and held it out before him. And he laughed, and the head laughed too. Then he put the head back in its place and took the arms and legs that he had taken off and put them all back in their places. <laughs> <laughs> They're wild, these stories, and there's something interesting in that attitude to be dismembered and, and to laugh, being taken apart and it's some, in something mm. joyful. You're being yeah. shown something and it's like, yeah. It's not the name of the game, dismembering and remembering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and having a good laugh. <laughs> Along the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, and then the third story. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you that one too. And this one is from Borneo. They cut his head open. They took out his brains, washed and restored them, 
to give him a clear mind to penetrate into the mysteries of evil spirits and the intricacies of disease. They inserted gold dust into his eyes to give him keenness and strength of sight, powerful enough to see the soul wherever it may have wandered. They planted barbed hooks on the tips of his fingers to enable him to seize the soul and hold it fast. And lastly, they pierced his heart with an arrow to make him tender-hearted and full of sympathy with the sick and suffering. And there you have that uh, pierced, uh, yeah. the wounded healer that... Uh, is a, is a, like a term when it comes to these things. Exactly. Like I, I once read somewhere that uh, the name Parsifal or Percival, the knight that found the Grail, according to at least Chrétien de Troyes and some others, that his name was supposed to mean pierced through the heart. Mm. I don't know if that is exactly true, but it was just like at least mythically, it it resonated. Yeah. To find the Grail, you have to be pierced through the heart. Yeah. That I, I myself at least have felt that I've been pierced through the heart by life many a time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the importance of yeah being being wounded and then put yourself back together again. Yeah. Again and again and again and again. Yeah. And again. And again. <laughs> In a way, like shedding shedding your skins also as part of that that process. Not exactly. To stay too long in the same. I feel like that's what we're called to do these days. Mm. We are going through this hardcore shamanic initiation and most of the world aren't even aware that that's what's happening. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to happen either way, yeah. if you're with it or, or against it. That makes me think about uh, the stories, again, like this kind of general story about uh, shamanic initiation and that usually shamans are kind of called to, to do this work. And if they accept, then they have to undergo this really this trial but if they don't then they go mad yeah it's quite a difference if you go willingly or not uh, it, it is not going to be the same end result so maybe the october moon is that thing asking us to go willingly uh, yeah. into the darkness uh, and go the whole way in a sense what's your poison do you want to be sun adult or a lunatic <laughs> 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 or maybe Luni Solar is the, is the answer. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The regulator of solar power. Indeed. Mm. Indeed. To be in touch with it, but just the right amount at the right time. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Not shy away from the darkness, but not stay there like, like no, a no. 1985 uh, horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> but actually dare to put yourself back together and dare yeah. to heal from that dismemberment. Yeah. It's yeah. But also to stop believing that the darkness only harbors terror. Yeah, or the kind of terror that uh that is unwanted. Because I think that's mm. also the thing that these shamanic yeah. visionary yeah, yeah, tales can can really it's like they point they pointed out to us that that terror is not the problem. There are things that are terrifying and yeah. absolutely necessary. Exactly. Mm. When things go bump in the night, yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> you 
oh, go, you, go, you go bump with it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that, that, that was not so so poetic, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, well, anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, look for the bump in the night. Mm, mm. 